Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a BMW and Mini Driving Day Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Oh, okay then. So, what you were driving them both at the same time? You drove several yes. versions. You drove a couple of versions. What? What? Do explain, Alan, please. Almost all of the above. So it was a driving day event, as is the way right at the minute. Yes, it was a chance to go along and drive some of BMW's latest models. It was the first chance that some of them were available to the press in the UK. Mm -hmm. And there were some old favourites there that some of us might have missed. So it was a good chance to to catch up uh, and to check out some of the new range, basically. And that's what we're going to do today. Excellent. Five to get through. It was just south of Oxford. So, yes, I made the sacrifice of driving around Oxford just for you and for your oral pleasure, a town I absolutely detest visiting because, gosh, they really hate the car there. Alan, your sacrifices will go unrewarded. Do not worry. Yes, I'm completely aware that that's the case. <laughs> it was uh, South Oxfordshire, so thankfully once I'd fought my way round Oxford on the way and round Oxford on the way back again, then in between times all the driving routes took us away from Oxford. So let's stop wasting time and GTF on with it, shall we? Mm-hmm. Okie doke. So I'm going to go through stuff in the order that I drove them on the day. Oh, do you just want to clarify, because you're saying five in a day, so that means you, you didn't have monstrously long with each of the cars. No, I had, well, I had as long as I wanted. Okay. Re- you know, within reason, as in don't take the car away and keep it away all day, please. But when, when whatever you're telling us, these are your initial impressions, because it's not like you've had the car like we normally try and do for a week or if it was a good significant number of days, so then you can get under the skin. No, exactly. And I did a couple of different routes around Oxfordshire. There were some sort of BMW recommended routes, and, and I stuck to those for the 90%, mm-hmm. 90 plus percent time. And they were on roads that I was aware of. <laughs> there were some times where it was like, oh, I've been here before. And then it took me down the road and it was like, oh, I've been here before as well, but I've never been that way between the two of them. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a cognitive dissonance. I think there was one particular roundabout I down just off the A43 that I that I approached from about five different angles, <laughs> uh, some of which I had approached it from before. <laughs> so no, so they weren't completely unknown roads, but they're not roads that I've driven at all in the last two years okay but yeah not roads i know not different from driving locally or driving places where i, I do know the roads pr- pretty well okay i think that's all the caveats we needed to put in place i think so too yes yeah. okay what was the first car you started out the day with the first car of the day was the brand new bmw m3 competition X-Dry. So starting low, then, in the range. <laughs> starting low, yeah. So this is this is the new four-wheel drive version of the BMW M3. Obviously, the M3 for this G80 generation has been out for a little while, a few months, but those have all been two-wheel drive. Okay. Obviously, just in time for winter, yes. using the X-Drive, <laughs> uh, which is expected to account for the majority of the sales of M3 and M4 models in the UK costs only a little bit more it adds about 50 kilos to be four-wheel drive but of course it's completely adaptable whether you want it split or to the rear or whatever okay 50 kilos sounds like lots but in actual fact in the grand scheme of things as a percentage of the weight it's really not that high considering the presumable presuming the power output that the engine has 50 kilos probably doesn't make that much difference (laughs) 
Well, no, of, of course, this is a BMW 3 Series that puts out 510 horsepower and 650 newton meters of torque, <laughs> leading to a 0 to 62 time of about 3.5 seconds. So it's not really lacking in power. Yes. Not much. On the road, if you go out and you wish to order one of these from your local BMW dealer, it will cost you £74,200. Okay. Which, you know, given what it is, and you, for that you get a, a decent spec, you know, you get everything you would expect, really. Obviously, there's, there's lucky differentials, adaptive suspension, tinty windows, all sorts of nice things, carbon fiber interior trim, aircon, the lot, the full Harman Kardon surround sound audio system. It's great. So this one had, in addition to that, another uh, £20,000 worth of options. So it had. <laughs> so this one was fitted. I'm just going to keep on going. Uh, this one was fitted with both the M Pro Pack, uh, which gives you the carbon ceramic brakes with gold calipers, and the M Drivers Pack. The M Drivers Pack, by the way, being a training day at. Uh, it was two things. It uh, unlocks the top speed, so it removes the 155 mile an hour limiter. I did not trouble the 155 mile an hour limiter. <laughs> and also there is a, a driving and training day in that as well. That costs you, the brakes, the driver's day, the unlocking thing, that costs you £7,995. It also had the ultimate pack, which included such joys as a heated steering wheel and electric boot lid, uh, comfort access, M-carbon bucket seats. You want the seats. The seats are amazing, okay? Right. Uh, it, Helped by the fact that this car was grey on the outside. Was it, I've forgotten the name of the car. Yeah, Skyscraper Grey, which is a kind of dark, very deep metallic grey. And it had the Kayalami orange and black bicolour full merino leather interior with fabric inserts in the seats. And the seats with the carbon fibre back and the sort of, they were fantastic. They were minimum viable race seat in that they... There were great big holes in the back of them. Okay. I don't just mean up at the top for harnesses. I mean further down as well. So they were they supported you exactly where they needed to support you, but they let your back breathe and whatever else in between times. I guess it's because if you're driving this thing flat out, you're probably going to get a little bit sweaty. <laughs> yeah, they are amazing. It also had driving assistant professional, laser lights, parking assistant, drive recorder, M-carbon steering. It had... Oh, it had the track tyre upgrade. That's just what you need at the end of November in, in the UK, <laughs> uh, which was another 850 quid. What else? Oh, that was it. That, 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 that Believe it or not, sorry, that ultimate pack cost £11,250, by the way. So that's taking us up to our 20 grand's worth of options by ticking out mere three ticky boxes in the order sheet. And obviously, because of the way these things are done, you couldn't just spec the bits that out of all that that you went oh yeah actually that's a that's a must some of some of them you can to be perfectly honest okay you can yeah yeah, yeah. N not all of them but some of them so for example you can have the m drivers pack on its own the the training and the the release but i don't i think to have the carbon ceramics you have to have that as well mm -hmm. so it's a sort of one-way thing all right the interior obviously dashboard and everything very much bmw 3 series very much and this is going to be a theme for all of these and it's possibly because i'm i'm kind of my, my father is a big bmw fan as many many over the years mm -hmm. so i kind of know how a bmw works everything was pretty intuitive to me 
it was kind of where I expected it. The M3, and I assume the M4 as well, brings you many buttons to choose what drive mode you want, how you want the, the dual-clutch gears to work, all these kind of things down in the middle. Mm-hmm. More than I'm going to go into, because this isn't a full review. The But yeah, inside, great. Seat's fantastic. Uh, it was a curious thing about the, the seats, and that's that these these carbon buckets they have this little carbon fiber bit between your legs it's a bit odd so you've you've got them and they're comfortable but they've got this little hard carbon fiber bit sort of between your your knees and your thighs i can only imagine that they're to support to support the massive body parts of anyone who's going to drive this at more than six tenths on the road okay it re i mean really uh really quite Nuts, to coin a phrase. Uh, driving it, of course, it, it's an M BMW, and I pretend to vaguely pretend to be a motoring journalist type. Uh, so obviously all the superlatives that you hear everyone talk about with, with motoring journalists and fast BMWs. Mm-hmm. But without, you know, I'm obviously not a driving god, and I'm not a, a tread shuffle king in any or any of these things. What I felt most of all was that it was firm, and I say, I, I'm, I mean, do mean firm. I don't mean hard. I mean it was the the ride was super firm, but you understood what it was doing. It was never jarring and jiggly, okay. despite I mean, despite the best efforts of the roads that, that we had, mm-hmm. because they were pretty appalling most of the time. And that's even in road. I, I mean, I left it in road mode. Obviously, I didn't press any of the other buttons because you don't want to be that guy. No. Okay. No, not in an unfamiliar car on unfamiliar, well, vaguely familiar, vaguely roads, familiar yeah. roads in murky autumn in Britain. Yeah. yeah. At the start of a, at the start of a week of press drives of this car, so was, yeah. oh, well, we had one of those, but yeah, no, don't do that. And obviously, I don't know. It's it's very difficult to. I just sound like every mojo cliche going. I'm so sorry. The steering was telepathic. All these kind of things. It because it was all right. That's the deal. It was how you would expect it to feel. It wasn't overly heavy. It wasn't wasn't ridiculous in any way, shape, or form. But if you thought about going one way, you you went that way. As you ran over a pebble, you could tell what color that pebble was through your bottom. The one thing you couldn't tell was just how quickly you were going. So you were insulated from the experience a little? Well, I think part of it was the fact that I'd taken the Mercedes. So I'd already spent two hours in the Mercedes, which is not a quick car. No. Okay, it is adequately swift once it gets up to speed. This is different. You just don't realise. You think you're doing 50, you're actually doing 80. The problem with that is it's too darn good. The amount of grip that was available to me, even sort of early-ish in the morning on these fancy tires, on these bumpy roads, was, well, it was never wanting. Not whenever you spend most of the time stopped behind vans and trucks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I did get a chance to open it up once and put my foot down, actually overtake, Ooh. yeah well that that's that almost illegal very in this country. very quickly <laughs> yes well it certainly was if anybody caught me doing it it was yeah yeah it just 
it just went as you would imagine and that was just in road mode without pressing any of the carbon fiber flappy paddles or any of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but what caught me out was a, a bump in the road what looked like you know stitched to get stitched the the corners together beautifully great you know the, that bit had great sight lines nobody else about brilliant for about three minutes uh, and then i hit a massive lateral bump across the road there was a little bit of a gum fiber scuffy noise and it was like oh okay that was the speed i was doing was it yeah. and so this is the danger with this car other than that by the way sensible five seat although you wouldn't when you want to be in the middle of the rear seat family car not that big doesn't it feels a little bit wide but that's just because i was super conscious that it was a press car and i wasn't very used to it but completely drivable you know spootling and stuff it was perfectly happy as well the only danger is when you open it up is it too much i don't know i'll let you decide but i would probably but if i had the money i would probably be specking up an m m340i x drive instead i think that, that 440 x drive that i had earlier in the year was was much more realistic for regular road use unless you track dig it or whatever else then mm-hmm. then I, I don't really get it um I, I would go for the the more comfy one but what a wonderful car what a brilliant it, the problem is it's too good there you go total summary on that okay yeah yeah no that that makes perfect sense i can i can understand that yeah anything you feel i've missed about that no i mean i'm still getting over the price stroke options of course you are because you know me yeah (laughs) but you know they if you've got the money then go for it frankly if you've got the money and you want to you you want to buy it go for it it's a great car i can't tell you it's anything other than a great car Mm -hmm. yeah i just i just know that i would i'm not and you know what i'm not wincing at the price i'm not even wincing at the option prices for goodness sakes it's a german performance car that's what happens with german performance cars but I, I just don't know whether I'd ever be able to make use of that phenomenal performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that that. But that's a that's a conversation, perhaps for us to have as a special edition about the ability of cars today is so good. Yeah, but I also want that really good ability. I'm so split with this. Anyway, this yeah. isn't the time for that conversation. No, no. You're, but you're right. It is definitely an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, or a conversation to have. Let's not get too far too far ahead of ourselves. Okay, then. So, what did you move on to uh, once you stopped grinning and giggling after you got? Out oh of no, this I one? was still grinning and giggling when I got into the next car. <laughs> but we, it took a, it took a while. It honestly, it took a good fifteen twenty minutes and a refill of coffee. Not that I needed the refill of coffee. I'd had a bit of a jolt as as it was. So I hopped across to something that was guaranteed to sort of. Ooh, smooth it, bring it all down a little bit, shall we? I hopped into the BMW iX3 Premier Edition Pro. Okay. Which is Premier Edition is what they used to call SE spec in BMW terms. So it's the non-sporty one. So you can also get a sporty version of this. And it's the iX3. That's the electric version of the X3 midsize SUV. Yep, X3 being about the same size as the original X5 nowadays. Obviously, it's it's electric, puts out 210 horsepower, 400 newton meters of torques, 
and 0 to 62 in 6.8 seconds if you really want to try and do that kind of thing in this. 285 mile range on the WLTPs, by the way. So, chunky range available here. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to explain the exterior other than it's an X3 with some kind of ugly plastic bits. I really don't think it helped that the ones available were white. They did look like they were missing some Battenberg down the side uh, and a light bar on the roof. And that was it. It, it, it. Sadly, it made it look cheap because it's white with black wheels and a black grill. And it it's sort of gloss black as well. Mm, so it's a little bit, hey, look, I painted wheels on driveway myself. <laughs> Uh, type of thing going on. And, and Not that I feel you have like any experience of that it. locally. <laughs> yes. The, it does have a whiff of that, unfortunately. However, the price doesn't. Uh, so one of these, uh, spec I've just said, which comes with all the stuff, uh, according to the spec sheet here, there are no prices against anything which is listed under options, so I imagine that's just to bring it to UK, to UK spec, is £60,945 pounds which is but right you, he's just raised his eyebrows everyone but the thing about that though is nobody is ever going to buy this outright ever no no yeah yeah yeah, yeah i get that this is on the on the pcp i was also trying to think what's the competition well that's a tricky one really well because the, the competition size. is te the competition is tesla that's it all the gl uh, the GLC, the GEQC, oh, EQC. Thank you. Yes, I need a Mercedes model code decoder because I've completely lost track these days. <laughs> it is an EQC or an. It doesn't EQE exist. I think it does. The next size, all the next size up, mm. because this is actually a really nice place to sit. Actually, I'd say mentioning the EQs, I'd say that the EQ. Yeah, it's EQC is the equivalent. I would say the EQC is actually a nicer place to sit, having driven one at the SMMT day. But this is a car that just, it's, I found it fantastic relaxing. Now, I meant fantastic relaxing, not just because I'd get hopped out of the name three competition, but it was. <laughs> and it could handle a lateral bump. Yeah. At well, no, 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 Possibly, but I don't think I would have made the same mistake in this. Okay. Or I'm not sure it's possible to I'm make that, that that was was pro Probably wouldn't be in the same position to make that mistake. Yes, <laughs> yes. So anyway, this was one of the things I liked most about this. Obviously, it's it's like a jacked up 3 Series. So there was a lot of commonality, actually, in the cabin, in the standard parts of the cabin. Mm -hmm. But very comfortable place to be. It was white on the outside, black on the inside. But this one had the full-length glass roof stroke mm. sunroof so it was actually quite bright yeah uh, despite it being a pretty pretty dull day this had the whole assisted driving set up on it okay being an ev being early in the day so it still had plenty of charge uh, well over 200 miles actually at that point then i just kept doing what i did earlier in the year that m440 which is it's so good at recognizing when there's a vehicle in front of you, when the speed limits change or are about to change, that just going along and just keeping on hitting that set button on the adaptive cruise control. Because every time it sees a speed limit, it prompts you to press the set button. And then as soon as it hits that, as soon as you hit that uh that speed limit sign, you will be at the you will be at the correct speed for that speed limit. 
Okay. It just takes, especially somewhere like Oxfordshire, where, oh, it's a 30-mile-an-hour zone. Oh, it's a 40. Oh, it's a 50. Oh, it's national speed limit. Oh, it's a 30. Oh, it's a 50. Just every time it would just give you the little thing and you just press the button and, and that was it. And that was that was you. Also, you know, steering assist and stuff, uh, lane keeping assist and things just worked really quite nicely, even when it was the roads were starting to get a little bit broken up. But, you know, it gave a nice, I think once it gave me a chime that I should take over. But generally it was, it was pretty good. Oh, I'll tell you something about that, actually. If it decides that you haven't been wiggling your hands about enough, which seems to happen with these systems with me, it actually doesn't just give a, a little light on the, the dashboard and a little a sort of uh, obvious warning. It actually has lights on the steering wheel, which flash as well. Ooh. And reviewing the pictures of the M3, it has the little lights on the steering wheel as well. So they're on each spoke just above the buttons. You don't notice them until you get this orange flash. It actually worked really well as a warning. It was so obvious what it was warning you about. You didn't have to go, oh, what was that? Or anything like that. And, and so it was It was easy. And it was just because I, I wasn't wiggling my hands. It wasn't that my hands weren't on the steering wheel. They just weren't, I don't know, being active enough for it, I think. Okay. Uh, gen- generally, if I was, you know, doing minimal amount of moving stuff and just cutting corners, it decided that I was going too close to the white, white line, which is probably fair enough. Okay. But everything about that, it's it's a midsize, it's an SUV that's electric. It's never going to be the most interesting vehicle in the world, but it was very good at being a very relaxing place to be. It looks with the design that they, with this particular model, I know they've got a, a, a whole EV, dedicated EV range coming out and everything. Yeah. But with this one, they have gone down the we don't need to make this electric model look like the future. We can no, just this... put a few touches on it, which is the blanked off grill mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We've just put a few touches on it, which mark it out different from and some the blue bits, yeah. ice version. Yes. yes, for the pure ice or even the, I think there's even a plug-in hybrid now. Mm-hmm. I think you can get petrol, diesel, plug-in hybrid and, and full electric. Okay. Um, I believe I'm right. And even the diesel is going to be mild hybrid. Right. and as are the petrols yeah it, it's interesting it, it's for people who you want the ev but you don't want as you say it shouting the future because there's going to be a new ix uh, as well which does have the full-on rabid beaver front mm. to talk about to show that you you've you've got an suv and you want the future quick question and i'm i guess you probably don't know the answer to this because you didn't have the car for very long but at the top of the display for the driver yeah is that a driver monitoring system or something yes and it's in all of them it's in pretty much all of them so it was in the m440 earlier in the summer it was in the it was it was in the m3 ix3 the 420d grand coupe we're going to talk about shortly Uh, and also i think it was in the 128ti there's a good summary of what's coming up everyone and it, it seems to be infrared so you can see little red dots in it looking through your phone camera Okay. So I think it's infrared. I think it's making sure you're there uh, more than anything else. Mm. Okay. But but whatever it is, it it seems to, it's it's just there, and it seems to don't know don't know what it does really. Right. Okay. I, I, th- I think it's some form of driver monitoring, but I think it's more presence rather than anything else. Okay. So I don't believe it's a camera. So overall, the the summary of this one is, it's very pleasant, relaxing way to get around. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 
if not the most interesting vehicle you could choose. Mm-hmm. What did you move on to next? I think I moved on to lunch next. Okay. But then after lunch. And how, how was that? How many how many servings did you nice. have? Because, I mean, you're a motoring journalist, just, so you just, have to just go Just the back one, for... but the chocolate cake was fantastic. <laughs> you get kicked out of the middling group of motoring writers. You only back, went for one lunch. You may very well say, I'm not going to... I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> Any comment I might make could be a contravention of GDPR. <laughs> Okay, that's a that's a spe- that's a special that's a special in joke that one. Okay, Mister Chicken, right? Talk us through the next car you you drove. Uh, next up, <laughs> next up was the most normal car of the day, and it was the latest and brand new four twenty D. Gee, hang on a minute. The important bits at the end of the name. So I've got to give you the full name first. It was the 420D X-Drive M Sport Grand Coupe. That is the five-door hatchback version of the two-door coupe version of of the four-door saloon. I think I've got that right. Yes, I think so. Yes. So yes. So it's the Fastback 3 Series, uh, essentially, which has the front of the four... So it's got the, the the sort of tall grill, the much longer lights, or the and more grill uh, at the front and in underneath the, the headlamps either side of the the main the main beaver teeth. And I actually think, despite my despite my mild urine extraction there, I think it is possibly the sweet spot in the BMW range in terms of just able to do everything. And in terms of looks as well. Okay. I just think it looks great. The side profile's fantastic. And there's lots of little interesting detail things as, as well. This car, I, I notice, is the it has uh, flush door handles as well. When I say it has flush door handles, I don't mean you unlock it and it goes and little handles pop out or anything like that. Yeah. What I mean is is the sort of there's just a little indent for where you put your fingers under the, the lip and it click and it opens frameless windows which are always a win for me and that's it and it just it looks great and that hatch at the back opens up you can easily fit two dead bodies in there not a problem at all it is it is a big boot the the boot does look fantastic yeah it is massive and it comes with a 12 volt socket as standard as it was this car as i said was four Three thousand five hundred and seventy pounds. The fan- fabulous sunset orange that this press car was was six hundred and ninety-five pounds extra. Now, one of the things to note about this car is it's offered in colours. There was a this sunset orange one. There was a burgundy one. There was an what I always think of because it used to be the name of the BMW colour, an Oxford green one, that dark green, hmm. and there was a lovely dark blue one as well there. So. Uh, that and along with stuff like the colours, uh, the colours of the interior on the uh, uh, on the M3, I've got to got to take a small moment to offer some kudos to to Martin and the people on the uh, the BMW press team who specify the cars and sign off the car specifications for choosing colours. <laughs> it's great, and also to BMW's marketing department and product for allowing them to make and sell them in colours. So please, people. If you are in a position to buy one of these, choose a color. Don't just show, yes. choose white or gray or something. Please choose a color. They look 
awesome in colours. And it'll mean other manufacturers do the same. Totally. As one German manufacturer does it, all the others will be doing it within a month. Okay? You choosing a colourful BMW means means we get colourful Audis, Volkswagens, Mercedes, the lot. Yes. Anyway, off my high horse. Total price of the car alone, 44265 But this was a press car. So it also had the M Sport Package Pro, which brought bigger brakes with blue calipers, extra lights, M Sport seatbelts, which I like because they're the ones with the little three rows of stitching down them in the M Sport colors. Uh, so that was all nice. That was all part of the, that was part of the sound of spec, all of that. This one also had the Harman Kardon surround sound audio system at 820 quid and the M Sport Pro Pack, which brought along adaptive suspension, fancier alloy wheels and uh, tinty windows for two and a half grand. Uh, electric glass sunroof came in at 950 quid as well. Yes, that was it. Coming in at £49,360 delivered to your driveway. Quite a lot of money. Quite a lot of car. But I bet the residuals are really quite... uh, Sorry, the PCP is really quite competitive because it it will hold its value and it will be popular, blah, blah, blah. This is, again, it's the 420D. I know that's not the fancy all singing, all dancing, oh, my God, look how wonderful it is engine, but it doesn't do anything wrong. It will get you on the WLTPs. It's getting, like, 60 to the gallon, and and the this version now that it's a mild hybrid was was getting well up there, even just on country roads, let alone on a long drive. But And also we have to realise that the vast majority of people who are in the market for one of these hmm. are not driving gods, etc. So you don't probably want them going for the, should we say, more driver-focused engines. You, you, well, you probably don't want two and a half grand's worth of M Sport Pro Pack, for starters. Hmm. But, but yeah, exactly. Now, this was a really, the previous generation of this was very, very popular on the on the company car rotor. Probably won't be as popular in this new one because because of the change in in benefit and kind rules, which basically mean that everybody needs to to be driving an EV if they've got a company car. That's not a problem because this car is the basis for the i4, which will be along shortly mm-hmm. as well. So the i4 is to this what the iX3 was to the X3. So it, it's going to be this with some plastic and and, and some different wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, to look at but as it was the that four pot two liter diesel engine fantastic economy 500 mile range on the motorway at least and just a nice place to be okay mild hybrid by by the way being completely seamless um, i was driving the auto version because most of these you can actually only get in auto okay yeah. and let's be honest most people are just going to buy them in auto anyway yeah well i would because you know what? Modern automatic boxes are actually really very good. And also, see the comment that I am not a driving god. Yes. So I do like an auto. That was about it for this one, I think. Lots of lots of cool stuff. Again, nice place to be. Similar cabin to the 3 and the iX3. Okay. So where did you, where did you wander off and get the keys for next? At this point, I decided that it was time for something completely different. So you went for the M4? No. <laughs> I went for the Mini E Cooper oh, okay. S Shadow Edition. Ooh. 
Yeah, so this is a special edition of the Mini E. And it's a special edition that comes with absolutely everything. And because it's a shadow edition, it is totally blinging, man, uh, and murdered <laughs> out. It's, it's got all the kit. It's got black paint, black wheels, black mirrors, black blah, 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 privacy tinty glass, black leather interior with the sports seats, with the even the little pulley out, under thigh support, everything. Basically, throw all the kit at a mini, paint it black, have some nice shadow edition uh, door plates and some badging around the place, and, and that's what you've got. What surprised me most about this, I think, was just how much the Mini suited the electric drivetrain. Okay. These are not great long-range cars. They're not meant for uh, for crossing the country uh, in electric mode. They've got a range of about 140 miles on the WLTPs. It is quite powerful. It's 184 horsepower and 7.3 seconds to 60, but you will have used up an awful lot of your range if you're doing that. But it was such a great little pointy squirty car. Okay. And it just kind of, you could just sort of keep your foot down and it's just a little tiny electric hot hatch. And around town and stuff, zipping away from the lights and stuff, it's it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Really good. Say, probably works best if you have a driveway and home charging because of that short that shortish range. But if that's the case, it's rarely going to trouble you. Yeah. You're kind of unlikely to have an electric Mini as your only car in your family, I would say. Mm. I'm putting it out there and maybe stereotyping a bit, but you'd be unlikely to have that. But I really, really liked it. I loved the way that driving it was like looking out of a pillar box. I, I'll tell you what I really liked. And here we go. This is the value add you don't get from other the road tests. I'm going to brace myself. <laughs> I loved the little binnacle behind the steering wheel. Okay really cute what i liked most about it was how it was a clever little piece of industrial design because it's all made to look like a little sort of lozenge shaped screen so there's like two semicircles at either end and a little rectangle in the middle that Mm -hmm. kind of lozenge shape and what i realized as i got to the end of my time with it is that it's actually a little rectangular screen in the middle and the bits either side are just analog instruments with sort of illuminated leds behind a tinted panel to look like it's one seamless strange shaped panel and it's quite obvious in the photo that's in our that's in our shared notes but it's not so obvious until you look really closely at it but you think wow that's a really smart little display there with its anti-glare covering like a mobile phone and stuff and then you realize oh hang on that's just two hemispherical bits with normal lights behind it and then a little screen in the middle but it looks really good. And that's the kind of stuff which which made me actually really like this car, really like the current generation of Mini. I know it's not pretty, but none of the cars I've talked about in this really are. But there's lots of clever little bits of industrial design, and that's one of the things that really stood out for me uh, in this car. Nice. Would I want to drive it across the continent? No. Would I want to zip around town locally in it? Yes. Yes, I probably would, actually. I'd even... I'd even stomach looking like a bit of an estate agent, to be honest. We've gone around the country in something with Well, that's the, I say that, I think, well, it doesn't have a very long range. And then I think, but that's still longer range than the Ionic. Yes. How spoilt we have become, Alan. <laughs> I know, quite. There was one other thing, and this could be operator error in this. It seemed to have really, really strong regen, and I couldn't turn it off. 
The more I think about it, I should probably have wiggled the gear lever one way or the other uh, and seen what happened. But it, it had super strong regen, so you lift off, and it's like... Um, so it wasn't like a one-pedal drive system, it? Was it was more like one-pedal drive, but I don't know if there was something I should have... I, I should have. It was actually when I was discussing it with you yesterday, but I couldn't find any switch that would lessen that. There were no flappy paddles or anything in it. So, um, so yeah, mm. that, that puzzled me a bit, but again... Please uh, understand that could have been completely operator error. Yeah, again, this is one of the um, one of the problems when you only get the car for a relatively short period of time. Yeah, exactly. One last little thing: I was so surprised when I opened the boot to find that there was actually an undercroft where there were charging cables and stuff stored in it. Given how many bigger cars like the four twenty Grand Coupe have nothing underneath the no space at all under the boot. If you look at the boot, that's your boot space. Oh, wow. So I was quite surprised to find that. Nice. Yes. Nice. It's, it's not what most people would class as a surprise and delight feature, but it works for me. Okay. So if I can do my maths correctly, I think that's four out of five cars. Why do you always choose the easy bits of, of mental maths to do whenever because we're recording? Because I've watched you struggle with the hard bits. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't feel you should do maths uh, whilst recording unless you have to stick your tongue outside of your mouth to concentrate on it. <laughs> so you're coming up to the final car of the day that you drove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, wh- where have you gone? Have you, have you gone Mini or BMW? What, how have you finished out? BMW. Okay, but a mini BMW. Oh, no, wait. Huh? What? Mm-hmm. Well, it is actually because it shares it shares its platform with the Countryman, doesn't it? Uh, it's the. I'm digging myself a hole here. I finished up the day with the one two eight Ti. Okay. So this is to the BMW one series as the Golf GTI is to the Volkswagen Golf. In other words, there is hotter versions that you can have. Okay. But it's a sporty one. If you wanted the equivalent of a Golf R, you'd go for the M135i and pay the extra £5,000 over the top. Okay. Type of thing. So that's what it is. It's it's uh, an equivalent to a Golf GTI. It's not a super nutter hatch. It is a it is a, a hottish hatch. Uh, it puts out 195 horsepower, 400 newton metres of the torques, and it reaches 62 miles an hour in 6.1 seconds. Straight up list price before options is £31,875. But if you want metallic paint, that adds £560, like the Storm Bay metallic of the one I drove. And this one also had optional um, <laughs> optional coloured leather inside as opposed to the standard cloth seats. So it was magma red with grey highlight, and it was Dakota leather, which is the cheaper one i think of the the choices that bmw offer you and that was an extra 800 pounds on this car bring it to thirty three thousand two hundred and thirty five pounds but it was a press car so we don't stop there uh, it also had the technology pack which had the uh, adaptive led headlamps high beam assist parking assist head-up display enhanced bluetooth with wireless charging and a wi-fi hotspot preparation which brought 1500 pounds on top would i pay it i probably would spec it yes well, I was going to say most of that, most of that, I would prefer to have in my car if I had the chance. Yeah, there's also steering wheel heating, 
for £150. A luggage compartment separating net for another £150. Probably wouldn't bother with those. Sun protection glass for 300 quid, which I would probably have. Through load system, another 150 quid. Lumbar support for the driver and front passenger, another 150 quid. Probably wouldn't bother with that either. BMW Live Cockpit Professional. So that replaces physical gauges with the with a big display, which was a thousand pounds and comes with lots of other bits and pieces, and I probably would. Well, no, I don't know if I would or not. I would want to, but I think I'm too tight to actually press the button on that one. Well, there isn't a button on that one you've just said. Oh, Emery of spoiler. So that was £3,400 of bonus options, bringing it to £37,540 on the road. If you are one of these super nerdy people who listens to us and is adding up what I say and it's not coming out, that's because I'm ignoring the registration fees, the number plates and the delivery before giving you the final figure. So that's why it doesn't necessarily add up mental arithmetic magicians. One thing about the three, I, by the way, still don't feel that that's too awful for a hottish BMW. One thing about these, of course, nowadays, the one series, it's a bit more generic hatch than it ever was in its first two generations. And that's because it now has its front wheel drive transverse engine. Um, this 128Ti is front wheel drive only. If you want four wheel drive and you want performance, then you have to head off uh, and go through, go and see the M13, M13, I think it's 135i uh, X drive. Okay. What's nice about this, it was firm, didn't roll, didn't do anything nasty, didn't pitch, wallow, tread shuffle, etc. But it did ride really well. Good. That price also, by the way, includes the auto box. You can only get it as an auto. You can't get it as a manual. All right, interesting. Kind of curious, kind of unusual. But then I guess pretty much everyone specs a DSG Golf. So there we go. That £800 red interior, by the way, was really cool. I really liked it. It really sort of lifted it. And even when you were sitting in it, although it was mostly generic-ish BMW, it felt special because of that color. Okay. And it had little highlights and it was nice. And I really liked it. And it was more of a sort of orangey red. It was quite weird. It was one of those things where you went, oh, and then you went, oh, I quite like that. Well, I did anyway. It looks better in real life than it does in my photos, Andrew. Yes. Oh, skeptical I, I was, it's all right. I was presuming that. It's Okay. I'm not sure I would go for that sort of exuberant colour myself. Mm. One of the thing, the other thing I liked about it were the stickers and red accents that you get with some of the colours. Some of the uh, so this grey, for example, it is that same orangey magma red colour of decal and sort of highlight bit on the front uh, in the sort of front crease under the um, under the headlamps as it is in the interior. So it does tie it together quite nicely. If you choose other colours in which the magma red would probably be a bit much, then those colours are muted. Uh, those highlight colours are muted down to being a, a silver, for example, if you choose dark blue. I feel that's a bit of a shame, to be honest. So for that reason, despite the fact that I have been extolling the virtues of ordering coloured cars, then I would actually have this one in the grey because I like the red and the orange bits. Okay. Silly, huh? I was really surprised by this. In, in a good way? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was really surprised by this in a good way, in a sort of practical all-rounder. And the fact that it is, just even once you've added a little bit of spec, it is really still relatively competitively priced. Okay. Not just with the Golf, but also if you think about the, the, the Hyundai, 
uh, i30s, the hotter the hotter ones there, and some of those things, then it, it's really not that bad price-wise price compared to the wider competition, not just the other German competition. There's some beard stroking. I don't know if that means you agree or you disagree with me, but for that size of car with that kind of power output and for that kind of audience, it seems about right. And I know it's more than many people would spend. We know that. But yeah, but it's there as, as we keep people. saying, we know most people don't go and buy a car outright anyway. But I think the Hyundai, though, pushes it, I think, more than the Golf, spec and price-wise, I would suggest. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. But that's that's always going to be the case. So, yes. Yes, I do agree with that. And I did think. I was, that was in my mind as I said it, yes. Yeah. But I can see people who look at a Golf GTI looking at this mm-hmm. and going, oh, actually, there's not that much in it, is there? Or one of the warm, I guess, one of the warmer, uh, one of the warmer A, a classes as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. It would actually, if somebody bought that, I would be, I would nod appreciatively mm-hmm. at that because actually, bizarrely, it's a bit of a left field choice because it's not the crazy hot one, yeah, and it's not the Volkswagen one, <laughs> yes. So, Amen to you know. That. So yeah, it is a little it is a little bit different. And you know, it's not someone going out and going, No, I want the really fast one with the BMW and buying the M's one three five I. It's it's actually going and, and, and choosing one which is it is not the nutter version, but it's it's a really nice version that you can appreciate. Okay. <laughs> For those in the know. I, I think so. I think it is a little bit I think it's a bit yeah, I think it's a bit left field, bizarrely. It's a long time since I said that about just about any BMW model. <laughs> so I tried to mix up what I was driving, tried to get a little bit of everything. There was a lot of sporty stuff, a lot of electric stuff uh, there and available to drive. Fewer of the sort of middle-of-the-road ones, which I think that's why the, the, the Grand Coupe was was a good one to drive, mm-hmm. uh, especially in that that spec and with that engine. So it was it was an enlightening day. It's nice to get... Re- say reacquainted that sounds a bit pretentious doesn't it it was nice to drive some of the latest bmws always is it was good to be out doing it to be perfectly frank mm. yeah absolutely i mean it's, it's been a while since we did a bmw driving day yeah uh, and before you had the 440 uh for a week it's been yeah. a while since we've had the chance to try out bmws and minis yeah well th- there was another there was i mean this isn't the First one I've been invited to since the last time. It's just the first one. I've no, been no, made. I know that. Yeah, usual problem for us, I'm afraid, folks. So yeah, no, really good, really interesting. It's funny to find that that my conclusion is yes, BMWs still feel like BMWs. <laughs> uh, I was more surprised to find that front wheel drive BMWs still feel like free BMWs, and that nutter all wheel drive BMWs feel like BMWs as well. So f- in summary. BMWs feel like BMWs. Yeah. And the Mini Electric... Felt like a Mini. It felt like... That was a vital thing. It felt like a Mini. It was a Mini. It was a Mini. And it was... I mean, I've... Oh, gee. I I always feel obliged to explain that. As soon as I passed my driving test... When I passed my driving test, uh, my mum still had an Isigo in this Mini. So I drove drove that quite a lot. So I have opinions on Mininess. Mm-hmm. Being a pointy, squirty, fun, electric-y thing, that's a huge compliment. 
by my standards because it felt like a mini. Mm. I've I've had both. I've had <laughs> the, a Mark One of the new version, and I've had post is the... post is a bonus. I now like to think of it as <laughs> yes, uh, and and an original mini. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of them when they get it right. Yes, here's a hint: they got it right with that one. Good. I like so it. That, that is very good to hear. Well, over the day, over the day, mm. two questions for you. First one is, what was your surprise of the day? Uh, the 128. Partly because I wasn't expecting to drive it. But yeah, the one, the 128 surprised me. I really enjoyed it, even though it was a fifth car of the day. You can't really do a six. It would have been too much. But yeah, that, that, that really surprised me and how much I, how much I liked it and how much I could see myself driving one. Okay. And uh, this may be the same answer, but what was your favourite car of the day? Ooh. Probably the same, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to say it was the same. I'm going to okay. say it was the same. I don't think I don't think an M3 is very me. Much as I love the grey and the orange and that nurse and everything, I think it I, I think it would be just too rip-snorty for my liking. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been caught out with cars where people have looked at them and gone, oh, somebody's been paying, getting paid too much money and sort of judged judged on that basis. And it, it has actually that kind of stung me a little bit when it comes to really showy big cars mm. that people know what they are, whereas the 128 Ti, it, it's, it's, it's just a one series, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Sorry, nice. that probably okay. wasn't very helpful, was it? No, 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 it's okay. But there were, there were two questions I wanted to know the answer to. So Cool. So yeah, if you've got any questions or comments on any of that, anything you want to ask me about them, don't forget that you can do that and give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. In the meantime, Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know even more about how much a BMW was like a BMW, what's the best way for them to do that personally? Well, I'm happy to share any kind of insightful uh, <laughs> insightful outcome and opinions like that via Twitter, uh, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. I uh, say so we'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>